Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. Well, let's talk LinkedIn, because I know a lot of our listeners are really fascinated and actually how to blow up on LinkedIn and not necessarily get the influencer side of things. They're trying to grow their business, you know, status in there, which is your specialty of teaching people actually how to leverage a platform um, to actually grow their business. When I actually started posting and sharing a bit about who I am, um, dared to show my face, talked about being a mum, talked about loving to travel, talked about working hard as a single parent, people started to resonate with it. And I relaxed and I started embracing being fun and funny and um, awkward and a bit goofy and silly. And people resonated with it. And quite like incredibly quickly after I sort of came out of the gate just being myself, my following started to grow really, really quickly. And I think that's why people follow you and why people have success on these types of medium because they're actually being themselves and they're they're attracting the right people who are resonating with that personality and that outlook and that attitude. Y'all remember the day when Clubhouse was actually like a thing and people actually got on there? It was about that time that I freaking ran into this crazy ass lady that I have grown to love. I love watching her shit unfold. Uh, she blew up on freaking LinkedIn and has just done some amazing things. She is by far the number one person on LinkedIn. I tell people to go follow and watch what she does because she just shows up as her and I fucking love everything she does and and how she absolutely brings it been fascinated with watching her freaking grow and blow up it's been really really cool leah do me a favor i'm really curious because a lot of people if you follow you you put everything out there i mean you really don't hold much back um for for you since you have blown up so big on linkedin and doing so many amazing awesome stuff what does being a celebrity feel like Oh my God, Donnie, I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I could not resist. <laughs> you shafted me before we've even started. Um, <laughs> I told you I was coming at you. <laughs> um, <sighs> but I, in all seriousness, though, you, you really, you blew the fuck up on LinkedIn. I followed your journey onto Instagram and Twitter and the things you're doing there. And a lot of people followed you over there and have done it around. And, you know, I would argue you're one of the top influencers on LinkedIn as a whole. Um, 
how'd you get there? And what's it like having that much attention on you? Well, how I got there was, in all honesty, quite accidental. Um, I started using LinkedIn quite reluctantly because I had no other choice. I needed more clients for my previous business. And I had a roof to put over my son's head. And um, I wanted to grow my business a little bit. So I started looking at potential other avenues for marketing that wouldn't cost me very much. And so I ended up on LinkedIn. And I hated it at first. I didn't think I would belong there at all um, because I was seeing this very sort of corporate news feed that didn't inspire me or excite me. Um, and it, and I did the standard thing. I started posting things to try to sound like everybody else and it did nothing. It didn't do any good whatsoever. I was scared to be myself because I thought, you know, I don't know if this is a video podcast or not, but for anyone who doesn't know me and can't see me, I'm tattooed from my chin to my fingertips to my toes. Like I don't. It's video. Look, They'll get to see you. Yeah. So I don't. I don't look like the kind of person that you would traditionally see on LinkedIn, or certainly not the people that I was seeing on LinkedIn. And I'd always had it drummed into my head: you'll never be successful. You'll never work in these environments if you look <laughs> that way. So um, I just assumed that I wouldn't, and and took their word for it, and. And hid myself. And then when I actually started posting and sharing a bit about who I am, um, dared to show my face, talked about being a mum, talked about loving to travel, talked about working hard as a single parent, people started to resonate with it. And I relaxed and I started embracing being fun and funny and um, awkward and a bit goofy and silly. And people resonated with it. And quite like incredibly quickly after I sort of came out of the gate just being myself my following started to grow really really quickly um and then when I started teaching people how to get leads on LinkedIn because in that space of time I think my my following grew to about 30,000 people from 400 in about four or five months and at that point that was that's when COVID kind of took hold of the world and I had no idea what I was going to do because a lot of my clients had been very affected by COVID and weren't generating work for me and I'd had about 100 business business deals come through LinkedIn to me um, without really having to put much thought into my marketing strategy Uh, and so I started people kept asking me how are you doing it and so I needed to pay the bills so I started showing people how I was doing it and teaching them and and it went from there and, and the business has grown and grown and my following has continued to grow. And now I have an amazing community of people who seem to adore me and I adore them because of what they've allowed me to to achieve in my life. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's 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 an honour to have been put in a position where I've got a large following. I am grateful for it every single day, but it was not the intention when I started. If you told me that three years ago, I would have died of crippling anxiety to be considered. <laughs> like, I'm not a spotlight kind of person, naturally. I don't enjoy being at the center of attention. So it's been a real steep now, learning. I, I want to argue a little bit that you're not a spotlight person um, because there's something you've done. Now, you haven't done it in a while, so I don't know if any people told you to, to stop, like LinkedIn or somebody said stop doing it. 
But you would literally, when somebody, and we talked about it on a clubhouse one time, send you a dick pic or send you some sort of vulgarity thing, your ass would sit there and either broadcast that out. And I saw you once, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, tag the CEO of that guy's company and say, is this how you want your fucking employees to act? That's real, right? Yeah, but that wasn't for my attention. That was more... Um, so oh, I get that, me, but <laughs> yeah, but for, for my personality, for my personal angle, when I first did that, because I was fuming about it, when it first happened, I got a load of women that would message me going, thank you for standing up for us. Thank you for doing that, because mm. that's made me feel more confident. So when I do that, firstly, it wards off other men from doing that, because they go shit, I better not do that, because she'll dox me publicly. <laughs> Secondly, it inspires other women to stand up against being mistreated. And thirdly, it makes more men aware of the problem. And it really is a problem. And they start taking care of the women and being a bit more conscious about what they're sending people because they're they're more um, aware of how that might be received. So I think it does get a lot of spotlight on me, but that's not the in, uh, intention the intention is i know i know doing, i was gonna bring it up no matter well. what yeah because i fucking love I have, it because any guy that's a, a moronic enough the uh, any guy moronic enough to think that that's sh- i mean obviously it works for some dudes where they wouldn't keep doing it but i mean come on be a grown-ass fucking adult work. i don't think it does work i don't know. i think it's jesus um but i don't do it so much on linkedin now but what i do have on my mailing list, I send out a weekly email and we have a feature called cringe box and it goes in there. <laughs> we, we, I don't know who coined the phrase pitch slap, but Kevin and I, every Monday, mm-hmm. we read off a pitch slap, uh, as part of a Monday live show we do in our private community. And we read all these I, really bad freaking. <laughs> I, I got the worst one yesterday. And literally mm-hmm. when it came in, I was on a call with Donnie. He's like, I have to read this to you. It was from this guy. It was through a group message, a sales group mm-hmm. message on, on LinkedIn. And uh, he obviously didn't do any research about where I live, but his message was, Kevin, just saw you are in Isanti, question mark. I'll be traveling next month for business, and I'm meeting some of my clients from Minnesota there. So sorry if this is random, but do you know a great steakhouse in the area? Ideally, in Isanti or just outside. I'm like, my town is like 100 people where I live. Um, we <laughs> have no steakhouses. We, 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 there are like steakhouses, but they're out in the middle of the country. Uh, and when I looked at his, his profile, he is, uh, and I mean, he's like, why is health insurance. Keep my, yeah, no, he's an executive health consultant, health and performance <laughs> advisor to top executives, athletes, and entrepreneurs from England. Like that's using what's your favorite steakhouse as a reach out to try and get that first connection. So you'll respond so they can pitch you their shit. Yeah. In in a a town (laughs) that has a McDonald's and a couple gas stations and a really cool coffee, coffee shop. Um, Like what the hell are you thinking? (laughs) I actually got a pitch slap once. It was so bad from someone that I reverse pitched them and said, your outreach is so bad. Maybe you should consider (laughs) inbound. And he booked me. So that worked quite well in my favor. I don't tend to bother, though. I do tend to just delete them and block them. I tried a couple of times and then you realize that they're doing such a volume game with that crap that you're not going to get through most times. So I quit trying to help them. Life's too short. For sure. For sure. 
Hey, Donnie Bovine here, CEO of Success Champions Networking, and I just wanted to jump in really quick and tell you about the network. Success Champion Networking isn't for the beginning networker. It's for the business people that understand that building a successful relationships is a two-way street requiring commitment from both parties involved. Stop wasting time networking with people that don't understand how to leverage their network to generate quality referrals for you. If you're ready to network with business people that are tired of doing all the heavy lifting and want to build real partnerships that generate high revenue referrals, visit one of our chapters today at successchampionnetworking.com and I look forward to seeing you there. So well, let's talk LinkedIn because I know a lot of our listeners are really fascinated and actually how to blow up on LinkedIn and not necessarily get the influencer side of things. They're trying to grow their business you know, status in there, which is your specialty of teaching people actually how to leverage a platform um, to actually grow their business. So take people, I mean, dude, LinkedIn for years was just nothing but a resume platform. You went out there, you had your resume holder. It's now become a full-on social platform, which I fucking love. Um, it got me off of freaking Facebook, um, which I hated. So um, what's the game plan roadmap for somebody if they're really trying to do business development on LinkedIn? How do they start and then where do we go? The first thing is you need to get a good profile. Because everything that you do on LinkedIn, every comment that you leave, every connection request that you send or accept, the first place people go if they're curious about you is your profile. So there's so many features that people can use on their LinkedIn profile that aren't available on Facebook, that aren't there on Instagram, that you can't have on Twitter. So you can really turn that into a mini website of what you do. Make sure that your social proof is prominent. Make sure that your lead magnet is prominent. Make sure that you're using the link in the top, that your headline actually says what you do, not just the company that you work for or your job position, because the headline is the thing that's seen every single time someone comments. So that's the design of that is to get people over to your profile, not solicitor at J&J, Sons & Co. What kind of solicitor? If I need a divorce lawyer... You need to say that you're a divorce lawyer because it's then I'm going to be going, oh, actually, I'm, I'm in the market for a divorce lawyer. Let me go and find out. So those yeah, right. things are, that, that profile, getting it right, really making full use of it is, is really, really valuable before you start doing anything else. Because when you connect with someone new, they will go and check out your profile more often than not. And if your profile lets them down, they're never coming back and they might not even choose to connect with you. So the profiles, it all starts there. Um, after that, it's about creating content and creating a relevant network. A lot of people will just put in a job title and then connect with everybody that has that job title. But 60% of people that have a LinkedIn profile aren't actively using the platform. So why are you connecting with just anyone? You need to make sure that they're actually actively using the platform before you reach out. So have they got any recent activity? Are they commenting on posts? Are they liking posts? Can you see any activity whatsoever? Are they creating content? There's a lot of people that will just lurk, but you can't really go after those people as connections because the chances are they're never going to see your content. You don't know that they're there. Right. So those are those are two of the, the really, really crucial things, making sure your network are active and then making sure that your profile is impressive. Profanity on LinkedIn, yes or no? 
not if you're me, because I have a group of haters that will immediately report my posts if I use profanity. Um, so you can. You've really been reported. Oh yeah, yeah. I have my account. Fuck! I've never been reported for like a few hours. Well, I remember when I you did. Donnie feels left out thing. now. <laughs> right? Really? It, it generally it flies sucks. under the radar. It does generally fly under the radar, but if a number of people report your post it will be flagged and removed. So for me, obviously with my business relying on LinkedIn predominantly, I don't want to. So I find creative ways of navigating it. So I'm pretty supportive of fancy. Like if it's who you are, bring yourself to it. But I prefer to have a boundary of don't swear at people. Swear to emphasize something, swear to express yourself, but try to avoid swearing at people because then it becomes like bullying and harassment. Yeah. Right. So you've got this nature to you of picking a fight and it's the right fights for the right reasons, whether it's the, Oh, I do. I totally do. You know, you go from the dick pic pictures to you, the rainbow in your name, which was one of the most coolest things ever. And I guarantee our listeners haven't heard the story. Tell them about the rainbow. (laughs) That was was so picking a fight. That was, that was, that was (laughs) the finger to, to LinkedIn. In my opinion, I loved it. Tell them the story really quick about how you got the rainbow permanently in your name. Um, a few years ago, I started using the rainbow emoji in the middle of my name or at the end of my name um, in support of Pride Month. And then it started becoming synonymous. People kept saying, oh, I always noticed you because of the rainbow. So it stuck and I kept it. Um, and it became quite synonymous with my brand. And I started including it in my branding. And then one day, LinkedIn locked me out of my account and said, you can't have an emoji in your name because it's not your legal name. And I had a moment of madness and went, fuck you, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> went onto the UK government website and legally changed my name to Leah Rainbow Turner and then sent them the certificate and said, can I have it back now? And posted it and it went viral and they, they relented and said, yeah, you can have it back. But it did go viral <laughs> it and it was picked up by some media. Yeah, it, yeah, it yep. was quite funny. <laughs> yeah. It, so it now, was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that, my mum thought it was um, a bit over the top. <laughs> Got <laughs> <laughs> Libya brand, right? So, oh, is, yeah. right. So, is that now on your driver's license? Is it on? No, you it's know, not. Your... Uh, so, I never eventually. I don't think I've ever told anyone this. I never actually signed the paperwork in the end. So, I've still got the paperwork, uh, but I was planning <laughs> to buy a house, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be a nightmare if I change all Again, of my yeah, documents you know, into a new name, trying to go with the paperwork for the house." <laughs> so, I do still plan to do it. I can still just sign the paperwork, and it will be valid. But um, yeah, no, I never actually did in the end, just because I was buying a house, and it would have complicated things no end. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Where does that pick a fight nature come from? This rebellious freaking, you know, lifestyle. I mean, you're you're a gorgeous gal, freaking tattooed to the fucking nines. Carry yourself confidently as fuck. At least the projection of confidently as fuck. We all have our own demons we battle, right? Where does all that come from? Uh, and I know Kevin's got a cool question for you as well. I think I'm just a bit of a princess who likes to get in my own way. um i don't i don't know i i think my dad was always a bit rebellious i think that there's some of that is nature over nurture um i have adhd so i've always been a bit like i i like to do things my way and that that's 
Like I've got an idea of how things should be in my head and I don't like to deviate from that too much. Um, I think I just, I've got quite a strong sense of justice. And if I feel something is unfair, I will fight for it. Um, and it's not because I like conflict, because actually I don't at all, but I'm not afraid to stand up for myself and the people around me when I think something's unfair. Um, I don't, the tattoos were never really a rebellion thing. That was more a stay away from me and don't talk to me thing. Because I didn't want people to approach me. But <laughs> that was that was my teenage years of like wanting to be socially isolated and didn't like being looked at. And now tattoos have been very fetishized and now it's the opposite effect right. that people people <laughs> see them and go, Oh my god, and they want to talk about it. I'm like, Oh god, this is kind of backfired on me. Um Yeah, I just I just don't like to I don't like to do what people expect of me. People have always had a an idea, you look a certain way, then you must be a certain way. And I like to not be that way. I like to challenge people's stereotypes. So you on your, on your, uh, I almost said on your Facebook, on your LinkedIn, you, uh, you share a lot outside of just business type content. Uh, one of the posts that I saw that, uh, I, I started so I could come back to it was you and uh, your son, uh, who is homesick from school um, for a, for a while. And you talk about work-life balance. And that's something that Donnie and I, uh, talk about with our members and our clients a lot. And the fact that there's not actually such a thing. So, you know, you have multiple companies, a family, you have all kinds of stuff going. How do you, how do you manage all of it so that you can, you know, you take care of the right stuff at the right times? I don't think I've quite nailed it. (laughs) I'm probably quite far away from nailing it. Um, My son's seven and a half, so he's at school. So I do a lot of what what I need to do while he's at school. I also have an amazing lady who helps me. Um, She cleans my house for me. And she once a week, usually once a week, she'll like pick my son up from school. If I'm working away, she will come and stay and look after him. So she's she's a huge help. I don't have like a lot of family support locally um, or sort of friends that can offer babysitting and things like that. Um, so that's, but I'm, I don't really have a work-life balance. I book a holiday so that we can go away and have real quality time. And my weekends are, I used to work more at weekends, but now I don't. My weekends are very much about my son football football training and football matches and dog walking and playing with his friends so and catching up on all the other things I haven't had time for that week that aren't work related and I think that's kind of the thing though with entrepreneurs in general and business owners is we don't there, there's no such thing as balance because we're always going to be thinking about our business because it's it is our baby it's our thing uh, but the key is really how you integrate the different pieces of your world together. And so that you, when you're at a business thing, you're business focused. When you are uh, taking uh, your son to the zoo, you're focused on the animals in the zoo and your son. When you're doing, you know, other things, you, you're focused there. But having, but understanding that it's okay that if a business thought pops in my head, for me to do something with it and to, uh, you know, throw it in my notes on my phone or make a voice note about it or do something and then come back to what you're doing because we're never going to be able to stop thinking about it. Yeah. And I, I do exactly that when I'm with my son and we're doing an activity together, that's all we're doing. 
Um, and I'm quite like, he quite often goes to clubs during the summer holidays, but we'll go and do like activities together. And in July, we're going to Thailand for a month together and I will be doing very minimal work while I'm away so that we can have that really focused quality time together. But the time between like when he gets home from school, so today's a Wednesday. So for me, that's the day that my housekeeper comes and we'll pick him up from school and do his tea. So it was convenient for me to film at this time. But normally on other days, the 3.30 to 8 p.m. bracket is predominantly me with him and doing as little work as I can get away with. That's our quality time. And then if I need to do anything else, it'll be after he's gone to bed. So we can do story time and homework time and dinner time, watch some TV together or play some Lego and talk about yep. football, whatever it might be. Um, walk the dog most evenings so I try to do, make sure that whatever I'm doing I'm focused on the thing that I'm doing it is tricky but we all do our best don't we for so sure when, when, when you say football are you talking soccer or rugby <laughs> Soccer. 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 I assume you meant soccer, but you can't you know. even say that word properly. Soccer. Um, <laughs> all right. Am I reading this right? It says for my next mad idea, I've just signed up to climb Kilimanjaro. Yeah. I decided that at about. I knew you were crazy, but holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it, saw someone post about doing it this morning at like 9 a.m. And by 10 a.m., I'd. 10 a.m. I booked it. And by 3 p.m. I, I mean, what, what's the desire? I'm sure. What do you hope to gain from climbing Kilimanjaro? More mental resilience and a lot of money for the charity I'm an ambassador for. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I just saw that and I could I not die. let that go because yeah, I have no desire. Right. I have no desire to do any of that shit. I don't want to, you know, I've jumped out of planes. I've climbed up mountains in the past, but not, not like freaking ice picking my way up to the top type crap, but I have no desire to do those long ass walks or anything. So uh, I'm always fascinated with people. (laughs) Older, Leah, older. (laughs) I still want to do the jumping out of a plane thing because I have not done that yet. So that's still a list item for me yeah um so you just have a dynamic way of putting yourself out there and with your comment sometimes you're almost khaleesi looking look from game of thrones when your hair went white really white for a little while um and and the likes is this more about putting your personal brand out there or is this how you want the world to see you in what respect? The, the well, the you know, for, 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 no, no, no. I mean, I'm just you in general, just you in general. So for like, for me growing up, I didn't think anybody would do business with a guy in a t-shirt and ball cap country dude to cuss like a freaking sailor. Right. I didn't think people would ever do business with a guy like that. And once I started fucking leaning into that, the world said, Hey, where the fuck you been? You know? Um, and they started leaning more and more into that. So I've told people, you know, the person in home life and business life have got to become one person and come together. And I'm just curious if that's the same thought process for you and why you show up the way you do now, or is that just a natural state of who the fuck you are? 
it's just my natural state. I think at first on LinkedIn, I was shy of showing the way I look because I thought people would either not take me seriously at all or um, it would be the opposite where I'd get too much attention for the way I look rather than who I am as a businesswoman. Um, so I didn't want to show up, but now I have the confidence in my ability and the respect that I have in my area of expertise. So I'll show up however the fuck I want. Like people aren't hiring me because I've got tattoos now. They're hiring me because they know I'm good at what I say I'm good at. Um, and I've got the receipts to prove it. You know, I've got hundreds and hundreds of positive reviews. I've got thousands of clients shouting about how much I've helped them. Um, so I don't feel like I need to downplay my appearance or um, the fact that I'm a woman or the fact that I'm a mother. I'm like, I'm just going to show up exactly as I am because I can, because you know I'm good at my shit and you know that I can help you. So I don't have to hide anything or be shy about it because it's all been part of the success that I've got. But I used to feel like I would get dismissed as, Oh, she's only popular because she's pretty or she's only popular because of her tattoos and now I don't feel that way because I'm like if you are saying that you don't know me because I've got the receipts to prove why I am as good as I say I am or as other people say I am so you can dismiss it as based on my appearance or tattoos as much as you want because the people paying my bills know the truth well I, I I think how you the 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 content you post matches that attitude as well because your posts are all very matter of fact and it, it you you know it's not you uh, sugarcoating anything you're very much this is how it is you know you did a post on LinkedIn uh, uh, that started off this is going to piss some people off you know and it was very just in your face you know this you know that that content and you don't. Um, you know, because that's who you are. I don't think you in your real life you sugarcoat when you're talking to people in general, and I, I think that's what makes uh, the, the you know the people I follow are authentic. As when I meet them in real life, they act like they did on their social media, and I think that's why people follow you and uh, why people have success on these types of medium because they're actually being themselves. And they're they're attracting the right people who are resonating with that personality and that outlook and that attitude. Yeah, I would agree. I think by me being myself, it makes other people feel more confident in being themselves. And by me being my imperfect truth, they feel less self-conscious about their own imperfections they say well if she can screw up and still be successful if she can be a solo parent and still manage to do this if she can um make a mistake and apologize for it if like all of these things if they see other people being able to be honest about it it makes them feel more free to be honest about it and then the things that scare us have no power if we just say them they haven't got any power over us fear and an insecurity only has power over you if you don't if you keep it secret when when you confront them they can't hurt you anymore yeah but it takes a lot of skill and strength to be able to confront them your average person isn't one willing to put themselves out there like that 
Uh, two, they don't want to confront those fears because they're often scared of who they're going to meet in the mirror. Um, so, I mean, for, for me, I can tell you when I finally met the dude in the mirror, I didn't like the motherfucker looking back at me because the life I'd lived up to that point um, and how I showed up in the world and how I you know came to be from sales guy background, the whole nine yards, I had to start doing a lot of work on actually liking the guy looking back at me. Um, and it's still a freaking work in progress, you know? So you share a lot on social media, your story, your background, you talk about being a single mom, you know, uh, and a lot of things you do. People think that people like us that are willing to share a lot of our story are pretty much an open book. And it's not actually true because there's a lot of shit we keep behind the scenes that people are never going to hear about. So where do you, I don't want to say draw the line, but where do you say, this is what I'll share. This is what I'll open up about on, on social media and the likes and what's off bounds. I never talk about my love life on LinkedIn. You'll never hear me talking about people that I'm dating if I'm dating anyone, a partner, like that is never featured on LinkedIn. Um, I don't talk about my family beyond my son at all. Um, you you may know that I have a sister. You may know that I have a mum, but I don't share photos. I don't talk about my nieces and nephews. I, like that's for me out of bounds. I don't really feature my friends because they didn't choose to have photos online or be known alongside me that's that's their choice so friends that I've got that I know from LinkedIn that are okay with it but not beyond that um there are parts of my past that I won't ever touch on because I don't feel like it would be beneficial to share it there are things that I've talked about like mental health and things like that because I know that it will benefit the people that are consuming that content in some way but if I don't feel like something that's mine does have any benefit or it's going to hurt me then I won't share that um I don't talk about my specific locations ever uh not not while I'm in those locations <laughs> that's smart for, for safety reasons obviously um I'm just I, personally I just I ask myself like what could be the possible repercussions of this for me and the people around me am I okay with those am I potentially causing any problems for myself if I talk about these things and it's just think picking the bits that I think are the most relevant and congruent with with the brand and who I am now because there's people there's I'm not diff that vastly different from who I was but the woman that I was in my 20s was very lost and she did things that I would never do now and I don't feel there's any value in me talking through everything in my past but People know enough about me to know that they can trust me now and that I'm a, I'm a good person and that um, my values and integrity are, are there. And yeah, I just, I, I put it in a post the other day uh, talking about like what a personal brand is. And I said, I'm, I'm here for exposure. I'm not here to be exposed. And I don't want to expose every part of my life. Mm, I well, love that phrase. I, I'm here for exposure, not to be exposed. That's awesome. Yep. Go ahead, Kevin. I, I was just going to say, I, th I think all three of us are quite happy that there wasn't uh, camera phones in our 20s. So, yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, sorry, there were camera phones when I was in my 20s. I'm, I'm <laughs> you just made, made Leah old as shit. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, I think the uh, the exposure, but you know, the exposing, you know, your failures. I think that is one of the things that has been really successful for us, and has allowed people to really lean into what we do. Because most people on social media don't want to share anything; they want it to look ex- like everything's going just super ca- super califragilistic, expialidocious, awesome for them. Uh, and but when it's not, and I think it is the that ability to say, all right, so we did this thing and it did not work how we thought it would. And here's what we learned and here's why it didn't work. And here's what we're going to do going forward is, uh, especially for those uh, that are working with business owners, it allows them to say, well, I did that. I had the same thing. Wow. Okay. So it's not just me that is having these things. Uh, so that little bit of exposure, while you're still protecting yourself, but you're letting it lets people know that, oh, wow. Leah's a real person. Donnie's a real person. Kevin is just like us. And I think that's part of what attracts people in. You know, it's the, you can tell who the gurus are because they are showing off with their, their rented Lamborghini because they probably actually don't make enough to buy a Lamborghini. Uh, um, And they're saying how great everything is. And you, you too can close a million dollars this week using my program. And it's all fake and it's not real. It's not them. But if they come on and say, all right, so here's a really how I screwed up. I tested this thing. Oh, my God, it does not work. So here I'm going to tell you what not to do and what I'm doing different that is working. And people are going to lean into that. So, you know, that I, I think there has to be a degree of exposure that you're comfortable with. But there's certain parts, pieces that you don't want to be definitely don't want to expose. So I think so much of it comes down to your how you feel about shame. So I come from a background where I grew up with nothing and I barely made it through my teens alive. And then I partied my way around the world and I've screwed up plenty of times. I've done things that I've gone, whoops, that wasn't a great decision. But I've never felt shame. I've never felt shame about any of those things because it's all part of the journey. It's all part of the learning curve. And if you don't feel shame about failing, if you don't feel embarrassed about earning no money, if you don't feel feel shame about earning lots of money if there's no shame then there's no reason to hide and i don't i don't really feel shame there's there's nothing in my life i look back on and i go wow that was a really bad thing i did i feel really ashamed of that there's nothing in my past that i feel that way about at all i've I've never done anything that that makes me feel that way so what have i got to hide all of this for the moment is stuff that I never thought I'd have. I never in a million years thought I'd be earning what I'm earning or be visible on social media and be having the opportunities I'm having. So I'm I'm not ashamed of any of it or where I was before I started experiencing this. So I don't feel like there's things to hide because whether I win or lose, I'm not ashamed of either way. So I'm happy to share it. But do you you have any regrets? Because I do. And it's only one major regret that I have is that I didn't start a business in my 20s. I wish I wouldn't have freaking blown 20 years in corporate America making everybody else filthy fucking rich when I could have been doing that shit for myself that entire ride. And I can look back on that time and go, because of that, it gave me the skill set to do all the shit I can do now, which fucking pisses me off even to think about because it's what, what I have learned in those 20 years. So do you don't have any shame about it, but do you have any regrets of things you wish you would have done, you know, um, that would have done and put your life in a different trajectory. 
I think if there's a, one thing, and I wouldn't say it's a regret, but I went to a state school and the idea of starting my own business was just not there. It was you finish, yeah. you get your exams, you go to college, you go to uni, you get a degree, you get a job, you do the job for somebody else till you die. That was it. That was the track I was on. And I went, this is shit. I don't want to do any of this. So I dropped out of school at 16 because I had no idea that starting a business of my own was even a thing. And I accidentally fell into it when I started a side hustle at 26 to start earning some extra money and then quite enjoyed it went full time didn't really earn much and the thing that I never knew was the creativity that I had and the way that my brain worked and the mad ideas that I was always having actually lent myself very well to marketing because I'm incredibly good with people I can be very charismatic and and um and charming when I need to be I'm incredibly creative and I definitely think outside of the box most of the time and so I wish I'd known that that was a mon- those were monetizable skills rather than you're just a bit quirky and weird which is how I was always made to feel how I felt about myself I just don't fit in this isn't normal I didn't know that this was skills that could make me money so if anything I, I wish I'd known the, the way my brain works and my quirkiness was something that could have made me a lot of money 10 years ago. But I don't regret it because I'm really happy with life the way it is. And I wouldn't have the cool story to tell. And I, I may not have my son and my life would have taken a different direction. So, you know, I, I don't regret it. But it, I wish I had recognised those skills earlier as something valuable right. rather than something detrimental. You know, I just continue to look at, you know, my journey and how much it's grown over the last five and a half years since I've launched my companies and, and, and continue to go on. And the personal growth from running your own business and running out of your own bullshit excuses to actually make this thing successful um, has been a wild drive. I mean, it's, it's the greatest evolutionary piece that anybody can do to, to really level themselves the fuck up is to try and build a business because it's not fucking easy, right? It's a lot of damn work putting all this stuff together and, and, and showing up every day and, and doing all this, um, It'd be, I'm I'm really most excited for me, but for the next 10 years and where this is all going to lead to and where this all ends up for you. Uh, what is that future looking like for you? I mean, is, is this uh, going a hell of a lot bigger? Are you going to take it to a place and go, OK, this is all I want to do? Or is this going to continue to be a global empire that takes over the world? Um. So the LinkedIn training won't be going global and taking over the world. Uh, It's too reliant on me as the brand and that can't grow. Uh, There's only so much of me to go around. So no, that, that will eventually come to an end. There's, there's, it's, I've got to do something more with my life than just teach LinkedIn. Like I enjoy it and I still enjoy it. And while I'm enjoying it, I'll continue to do it. When I stop enjoying it will be the time that I, I leave it be and leave it to other people. Um, I've got a few things that are going on in the background. 
um, that will be things that aren't just me or aren't just me as the face of it. Uh, companies that will grow in value, and um, I'm I have no no doubt they'll be successful because I wouldn't I wouldn't even have the idea if I didn't know I could make it successful. Um, but I have to grow something that will ultimately have value beyond just me because I would like to be able to grow something that I can eventually um, have somebody else run or sell and exit and be able to then follow my my heart a bit more um, towards the charity work that I do. I, I would like to be able to free up a lot more of my time to be far more dedicated to the charity work that I do, but I need to build, build something sustainable and profitable in order to do that and something that doesn't rely on me being present all the time. So I was diagnosed with ADHD last year and it's one of my most viral posts on LinkedIn is when I told told LinkedIn that, you know, I had ADHD. I was, I was blown away by how many people fucking showed up on that post. And then the subsequent, you know, DMs that came through, how did you get diagnosed? Where'd you go? You know, and the questions, and I was loved answering the questions. Um, I only bring that up because I'm curious how many business ideas come to you on a regular basis? Like how many different kind of companies and services and projects are you constantly churn in your head? Because I drive Kevin bonkers by constantly go, ooh, we should do this. We should try this. We should create this. At least one a day. At least. <laughs> it's constant. And, you know, I'm incredibly impulsive, but I've also learned that I need to draw my focus back to the things so I've got things that I need to get done that I haven't got finished yet because other things have taken priority. So I'm forcing myself to finish one and get it out there before I create another. Um, but, you know, my dream is at some point to have a, the kind of team that I go, right, had this idea, make it happen, please. Come to me when it's done and I'll give it a final view. Um, that that would be where I would be the very the most valuable and it's something that a few companies have recognized and I'm in discussions with about potential consultancy roles because they've recognized my natural ability to see a problem, find a fix for it. And then, and they go, okay, we could use that. She's really valuable. We want to chat. So I think there's definitely a future in consultancy for me when it comes to my creativity. Um, which again, I had no idea you could get paid to have ideas. I was like, whoa, this is great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been great as a kid, right? Yeah. I know, because I'm yeah. well, one of the I fall out of my head all the time. Right. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that we're working on as well is to get the company so unfocused on our personal brand and more on success champions as a brand. Um, and we found that the more that we continue to push that direction, um, we're able to still be out doing the things that we enjoy doing, like getting on stages, podcasts and, and the likes. And people are buying more into the overall services that we offer. Um, and that's really freed up a lot of our time uh, in, in, in doing that. And it's been nice. And we're constantly exploring more and more ways to do it. But we have the same dream as you of just having the magic wand team going, okay, go make that happen. Go create that. Okay. You now go grab that ball and run with it, you know, type of thing. So um, when you get to top of Kilimanjaro, 
will you sign my name up there so it looks like I climbed it once upon a time? As I'm doing it to raise money for charity, I'll get you. I'll get your brand. You can sponsor me, and I'll put your logo on a flag off of the mountain. Oh, that'd be awesome. Give seriously, give me the information. I'd do that in a heartbeat. I will. Um, <laughs> that'd be awesome. So, um, well, girl, this has been a blast. I've loved hanging out with you. You've always been a lot of fun. I, I so enjoyed the days back in Clubhouse when uh, my profile paper picture used to say I make people cuss and all kinds of fun things. That was just a good time. So. I'm I'm seriously very, very proud of you. I love how far you've climbed and I love how you continue to show up and impact so many lives. Thank you for being a voice for all the women out there that that are getting harassed by men, unfortunately, and being able to put yourself out there like that. Keep showing up like that because the world needs more people that are willing to do that kind of shit um, because there's a lot of voices that won't do it for themselves. So. Um, keep being phenomenal keep being fabulous I'm sure you will Um, any last word of advice you want to give our listeners life, business, LinkedIn doesn't matter any last words of thought I think one of the key themes that runs through everything that I do is that life is a lot easier and a lot more enjoyable when you stop pretending to be anything other than who you really are. And when you do that, the people that deserve to be in your life will find their way to you. And the people that don't will make themselves known. And so being your true self in business and at home and with your friends and with every other part of your life, it's the best way to live because it's the best way to be happy. Love that. Miss Leah Turner, you're amazing, babe. Appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. And you stay out of trouble. I'll try. When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yeah, they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com. Go visit one of our peer groups and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as success champions.